Hello, my friends, and welcome back for another great episode of the Pirkei Avos podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions, comments, or just would like to say hello, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. For this week, we're continuing with chapter 2, Mishnah's 12 and 13. Parak Bays, Mishnah Yud Bays, and Yud Gimel. Now, we're going to begin. It's a little bit of a continuation from last week. And we know in Mishnah Yud Aleph, Mishnah 11, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, he tells us the praises of his students, the five students. And in Mishnah 12, he's continuing with the, with the greatness of his disciples. The Mishnah, Mishnah 12 begins. Who are you, Aymer? Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai would say, Im you, Im you kol chachmi Yisrael bikaf moiznayim. If all the sages of Israel were on a, Pan of a balance scale. Veliezer ben Horkinus bekaf shnia, and Elazar ben Horkinus was on the other side. Machriyas kulam. The student Rabbi Elazar ben Horkinus, he was so great, he would outweigh all the sages who were on the other side of the scale. Abishol Imer Mishmoi Abishol said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. If all the sages of Israel were on one side of the scale, right? Rebbe Elazar ben Horkinus, Af Imohem, and also Rebbe Elazar ben Horkinus, we just said before, according to um, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, he was on the other side of the scale. So now he's saying, if you would put him on the other side of the scale with the sages on the on this one side, and then you would take Rebbe Elazar ben Arach, Bikaf Shnia, you take Elazar ben Arach, Elazar the son of Arach, on the other side, Machriyaz Kulam. He would even outweigh all the sages and Rebbe Elazar ben Orchanis. Um, Rebbe Elazar ben Arach would outweigh them all. Now, the you know this Mishnah this is a very interesting Mishnah. There's a dispute in the Talmud, which there's a disagreement as to what type of a sage is better. Is it better to be a Sinai? And I'll explain what that means. A Sinaitic uh, scholar? Or is it a um, to be a Okar Harim, a uprooter of mountains, a type of scholar who uproots mountains? And really the difference between the two is that a is it is it better to know more Torah or is it or is the or is it more beneficial to have more of an in-depth knowledge of a smaller area of, of Torah? So I believe Sinai represents knowing the, the broadness of the Torah, having a, a big grasp of all the different areas of the Torah. Is it better to do that? Or to say, is it better to have a more in-depth knowledge, to know something, maybe you don't know everything, 
But what you know, you really know. That's what it means. Oikar harim, as someone who uproots mountains with their mind, they could uproot a mountain. That they're able to to delve into something and delve in and delve in and delve in and get to the bottom of it. Um, and the question is, you know, so the two sages over here, the different sages, Rabbi and Horkinus, and Rabbi Ben Aruch, I think they represent the two different styles of learning. That one one style is knowing more. And the other is knowing more in depth. And the question is, is which one's better? Which one shall we pursue? Now, this is relevant to, to each and every one of us. How do we approach our learning? Do we focus on depth, on clarity, on getting to the bottom of something, of, of expounding, you know, plunging the depths of the Torah? Or are we trying to gain a knowledge base that we should know as much as possible to know more information. You know, it's really, really a question of quantity versus quality. And to really make a little bit of separation, right? If we enjoy something, what do you enjoy? Do you like when there's more of something or do you like quality of the of the, of the the product you get, right? And obviously this is a separation, a thousand separations. We're not compare, uh, you know, portions at a restaurant, God forbid, to the Torah. But the idea is, is, is this idea, is it quantity versus quality? And this is a question that I think we all have to deal with because we're all on a journey. We're all trying to study Torah. We're all trying to expand our knowledge base. But at the, at the same time, it's very important for us to gain clarity in the things that we do study. And really the, the answer is that there's no right answer or wrong answer. And everything has its time and place. You know, if you go to the yeshiva system, you look at the yeshiva system where Men go to boys, men go to study Torah to be trained to, to know how to learn Torah. The, the system is really a mix of both. There is a tremendous focus on depth that, you know, in the, in the formative years of yeshiva, in those years when you're learning how to learn, the yeshivas really train the boys to learn how to think, to learn how to understand the Gemara, to get to the bottom of something. But at the same time, there's also a, a, a drive to, to know as much knowledge as possible, to gain as much Torah as possible. And um, really, every situation is different. Every person is different. But I think in, in, our, in our mindset, in our, in our outlook, when it comes to Torah study, we have to have this recognition that there's, there's getting clarity and depth. And there's also getting a breath of knowledge. It's important to know. You have to know what to do, right? On one end, you have to know how to live as a Jew. What do you do? How do you do it? And at the same time, you want to get clarity and depth and there's a certain um, specialness and uh, spiritual connection that a person gets when they in, you know, get into the depths of the Torah. They dive into the, into the depths of the Talmud and they get deeper and deeper and deeper. There's a certain spiritual connection that a person attains when they do that specifically, which I'm not so sure is, 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 is can be attained just through studying things on a faster way, getting a more of a broad knowledge base. So we have to know to try to have both, a balance of both, to have that depth, to try to get to the depth, to, 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 to plunge and, and to go further and further in, to get to the, you know, to try to expound the Torah as much as we can, to use our mind, have the amelos patayra that you know, you know, using that effort, putting the effort in. 
And at the same time, we also have to have this breadth of knowledge to gain as much as possible to know all areas of the Torah. Now, before I continue on, I just want to make one note, which I have mentioned before, is that Rabbi Lazar ben Arach, he was a great Torah scholar. And we see how great he was that even if all the sages were on one side of the scale and he was on another side, he would outweigh them. Now, the Talmud tells us that Rabbi Lazar ben Arach, his wife convinced him to move to the city where there was, you know, it was better standard of living to move to the, the suburbs where there was just it's better quality of life. They had better food. But it seems as if there wasn't really a Torah infrastructure that was set up there. And he listened to his wife with the idea that people would follow him to this place, to this destination, which was, uh, you know, very, very nice area, very lush and he, it, you, you know, he would start a yeshiva and he would build the place up. It never materialized. And the Talmud tells us that he lost his knowledge to such a degree that he misread a pasuk. He misread a pasuk in the Torah. Instead of saying, Hachodesh hazelochem, it says, Hachoresh, Hachoresh hayalibam. That his sort of, instead of reading the, this new month, he's talking about the Rosh Chodesh, he read it that his heart became deaf. And um, the Talmud goes through that. The sages pray that he should get his knowledge back and he got it back. But the idea is, is that, you know, anybody could be affected by their surroundings. If such a great Torah scholar was greater than anything we could imagine, was able to lose his knowledge base, right? Till he couldn't read the words of the Torah. So all the more so for ourselves, if we are not in an environment which is good for our spirituality, What's going to be with our with our Judaism? What's going to be with our connection to Hashem? And this is something we we need to remember because there's a just like by muscles, you know, it's they say if you don't use it, you lose it. So when it comes to Torah knowledge and it comes to our connection with Hashem, if we don't use it, we could lose it. And therefore, it's incumbent upon us to constantly work on that connection, to never let it stop, to never let up, even when it's hard even when it's challenging, to constantly give a few minutes of learning here, to do that mitzvah, even if it's not so convenient. Um, and that's how we build up our spiritual muscles to get stronger and stronger. Obviously, we do fall at times, but we are humans. We get back up, we keep back going. And when we push through those challenging moments where it's maybe easier to not do, where it's more convenient to not perform, that's when we really grow those muscles to really strengthen it for the future. When we don't want to do it, we learn when we don't want to learn. We study when we're not in the mood. We do that mitzvah when it's not easy. And that's how we really ingrain into ourselves um, becoming, uh, you know, that relationship with Hashem, that, that, that connection to Hashem, and really get into our system. The next Mishnah continues, Amr Lahem, Mishnah Yigimu. Amr Lahem, he said to them, he said to his students, he said to him, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is telling his, his main disciples here, go out and discern what is the proper path that a man should cling to. He's asking his students, what's the proper path that a person should do? What's the, 
the defining trait that you should have in order to be successful in your spiritual pursuits. And each one of his students gives a different answer because each one of them was different. The first student, Rabbi Lazar Oimer, Rabbi Lazar says, Ayin Toiva. He says, a good eye. Talk, we'll go through each one of these ideas um, separately, but let's get through the Mishnah first. Rabbi Yeshua Oimer, Rabbi Yeshua says, Chaver Toiv, a good neighbor. Rabbi Yeshua Oimer, Rabbi Yeshua says, Chaver Toiv, a good friend. Rabbi Yossi Oimer, Rabbi Yossi says, Shachin Toiv, a good neighbor. Rabbi Shimon Oimer, Rabbi Shimon says, Haroya es Hanoilad, someone who considers the outcome. Rabbi Lazar Oimer, Rabbi Lazar says, Lev Toiv, a good heart. Now Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is speaking now. Omer Lahem, he said back to them, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. He said, said to them, I like the words, or I prefer the words of Rabbi Lazar ben Aroch than the rest of yours. Why? Because for, for your words are included in his words. Meaning he says, whatever you're trying to, whatever good trait you're talking about, his good trait, right, which is lev toiv, having a good heart, is included in all the different other ones that you said. That if you have a good heart, it'll lead you to all the rest of them. So we have five different traits here, and we're going to go through them one by one. But the first thing here is, is this idea and maybe it ties into our last mission a little bit, is that there's a concept of mastering one trait. You know, we talked before about do we go in depth in one area in Torah or do we spread our wings and try to get a large knowledge base? And I believe in this Mishnah, we're focusing on this idea that when it comes to Midos, when it comes to character development, there's a concept where a person can work on one trait that they have and they they push themselves and they grow and they try to become better in that area and they try to master that area. And from mastering in that one area, they're able to use that as a springboard to improve themselves in all the other areas of their life. And um, you know, there's a concept that they say, it's success breeds success. You know, when, when you really, when you're able to master one trait, you know, when there's a psychological effect that you're able to right, realize you're able to overpower your Yitzhahara, your inclination on one area, and it's very empowering. You know, I've talked about this before, but I remember myself when I was able to finish the first time, you know, this marathon to run for six miles straight. So, it, it was empowering. I was able to, I was telling myself if I could do this, if I could do something which I thought was impossible and, you know, quote unquote, master it in some way. So what else could I tell my, what else could I accomplish if I could do this? I could do anything. And I, and I believe that's part of the idea over here that when someone just takes one trait, one mida, 
and they work on it and work on it and work on it and finally get control of that midah. There's a tremendous, you know, there's there's what to be said to use that as a catalyst to do anything, to get all your midos, all the character developments in your tool chest under control. And I believe that's something which is being expressed in this Mishnah. What's the, you know, what's the trait that you could use to be a springboard? That's what Rabbi Lazarbin, that's what Rabbi Yochanan is asking his students. Which one is the trait that can help be a catalyst, be a springboard for a person to get to becoming the most complete person, the best, the, the most they can be? And each one of the students answered differently than the other. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says, I in Toiva. He says, a good eye. What's a good eye? Good eye is looking at the good in things, looking at the positive, trying to have a positive outlook. That if someone has an eye in Tova, if someone has a good eye, so even something which is quote unquote bad, they're able to find the silver lining that's in the situation. And Rabbi Eliezer is telling us that if somebody, if somebody masters this trait of having a good eye, then nothing bad can happen to them. Everything is good. You're always able to find the good in things. When you miss the bus, it's not bad. It's fine. You roll with the punches. You don't get overwhelmed. You don't get flustered. And that's the idea of ayin toiva, a good eye that Rabbi Yezra is telling us, to have to look for the positive. And when everything is good, there's nothing to worry about. To use it to, to find the good in everything. And, you know, I, I once remember, I remember there was someone that I knew in yeshiva who was really annoying. And everyone was, you know, he, no one really, he didn't really have too many friends. He was just a very annoying guy. Now, obviously we had, you know, there didn't warrant anyone being that nice to him. But at the same time, it bothered me that I just didn't like this guy, that he was just annoying. I mean, I don't know what it was, but it bothered me that I even felt like this about him. So I decided that I'm going to tr try very hard to look at the positive in this person, to look for the good, to try to find the good traits that the person had, even if it was covered by this, you know, annoyingness that he had, to find the good, to look at the good. And after a little while of trying to find the positive in him, and everybody has positive, everybody, it actually changed my perception of this person. I didn't feel this, you know, I don't want to say enmity because I didn't ever had enmity, you know, I never had this, you know, bad feelings or just was an annoying person. But I just, it changed my outlook towards him because of the fact that I tried to look at him in this good light and thank God I was, I was successful and I was able to look at him in a positive way, to look at the good things and focus in on just the good things about him. And I think this is a very important lesson that, you know, this, getting to this concept of Ayan Tova, how do we get there to this, to, to live a life with a good eye? Some people are naturally more negative, right? Other people, we have our circumstances in life. Sometimes things are hard. It's hard to look at things negative. And I think the key to this, and I'm not saying it's easy always, is to try to find something positive in the situation and latch on to that. Latch on to it like a pit bull. Don't let go. Right? A pit bull doesn't, doesn't let go of their jaw. Once they bite onto something, it doesn't let go. It locks. When we're in a hard situation and we're trying to find the good of something, 
try very hard to look for something positive in the situation. Now, obviously, sometimes we have to change our situation. We do our part, but sometimes we're stuck in something and we have to deal with what's given to us. And our job, for I believe, for us to get to a position of ayin tova, to get to a good eye, is that finding something, even if it's small, that's that's good. And hanging on to that. And sometimes when we hang on to that one small good thing, it spreads into other parts of our lives and really can help us change our outlook in a whole situation. Right? Rabbi Shua says, a good friend. And Rabbi Yossi says, a good neighbor. Now, this doesn't match up to exactly what we are saying before. What's How is this a midah? How is this a trait to have? How do you, you know, having neighbors is not, you know, a good friend. Or a good neighbor is not something which is necessarily in your hands. Right? So the first thing is maybe for us to be, it means for us to be good friends, that we should be a good friend. Because people, when, when we are good friends to others, people love us back. When we when we love people, they love us back. We're a good friend, we're gonna have good friends back. When you're there for your friend, they're gonna be there for you. And the point is, is that if you have a good friend, someone and a good friend doesn't mean someone who just is a yes man who tells you everything you want to hear. It means empathizing with you when you need empathy. It means feeling your pain. It means sometimes telling a person that they're not doing something correct, but telling them in a loving way. So we have that trait of being a good friend so that prevents us from falling off the wayside. It keeps us in check as well. And Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Yossi are similar to each other, just a neighbor is someone who knows a, a, a person someone in a way better than his friend because a neighbor is living next to somebody 24-7. They're always there. They always see what's going on. So it's they're similar opinions, but the idea is, is that we should have, try to do our best to have good friends, but yet the trait that we're referring to here is to be a good friend, to be a good neighbor. And, and if we have that trait, that we are that, so that it'll help us keep us on the straight and narrow uh, to be good friends and to be good neighbors as well. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, he says, as somebody who sees the outcomes of things, what's a good, what's the good trait to have that's going to help you in all areas of your life is to to see the outcome, to not just think of the now. You know, we've talked in Perky Avos many times this idea of, of not um, thinking about the now, thinking about what our position in, is in this world, thinking about the next world, what our purpose is, what our goals are, we've had these conversations. And Reb Shimon says, the best trait for a person to have is if a person is Roya Sanayel. He doesn't just make his decisions based on what's in front of him, the pleasure of now, everything just now. He looks at a situation, he assesses the whole picture. He tries to make the best decision possible with the facts that are given to him, with an outlook to the future as well, to try to think what's going to come of this. You know, and a lot of times I, I have a rabbi always says sometimes it's not about what you're, what you're doing, if it's wrong or right, right? We have questions if we're doing something, is it wrong, is it right? A lot of times it's not a question of wrong or right. It's a question of what's next. If we do this thing, so what's going to be next for us? We're always pushing the envelope. And that's really this idea of Roya Sanoilad, that we see the outcome of things, that when we think of a situation, we make our decisions based on the future. We don't just think of the now, so we're going to have a picture of there's this world, there's next world, there's my mitzvah observances, there's my spiritual connection. We're not just thinking of the pleasure that we have right now or the situation at hand. We're looking at the bigger picture of things. And when we have the bigger picture in mind, we're more likely to make the correct decisions.
Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Lazar says, Lev type. He says, a good heart. A good heart, right? What does it mean, a good heart? It means someone who, who um, is not jealous, who loves other people, who is happy for other people, you know, who, who wants to do the good, someone who wants to do what's right, has the pulls in their emotions to do the correct thing. A good-hearted person. We know these expressions, right? Not arrogant. You know, what's, what's a good-hearted person? Somebody who's kind, someone who's patient, someone who's not arrogant, someone who's considerate, right? Someone who has a happy frame of mind. And what does Rabbi Yochanan say? He says, That if a person, right? If a person is able to have a good heart, he could have everything included. That the rest, all the things which the, which the other rabbis said, other four rabbis said, are included in having a good heart. If that we're able to have a good heart, then we'll be able to have a good eye. We'll ab- we're able to be a good friend, a good neighbor, right? To see the outcome in things because everything flows from the heart. The heart, you know, is, is like the emotions of a person. A person has a good heart and they have, like we described, it's, you know, they're, they're good-hearted and they have these virtues. So they're able to recognize everything else. And, if a person has a good heart, they're able to take in the messages, to take in the Torah, to take in, you know, the they're able to just absorb all the messages. And really, the question that I have is how do you get a good heart, right? Not by getting a transplant. We don't want to do that, right? How does a person, you know, some people are born with a good heart, right? Some people have to work on it. I mean, everyone has to work on it. Some people, it's easier than others. But the question is, how do you have a good heart? How do we work on it? And the answer to that is that if we're careful about what goes into our heart, so then it's easier to keep the pipes clear. You know, but if we're if we allow garbage, immoral things, we see bad things, um, we're around bad people, so then it gets clogged up. Our heart gets clogged up. And the 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 Torah, the mitzvot, all the good things, the good deeds that have an influence on people, it's much harder to make its way through. Right? Just like a pipe is stuffed, the water drains very slowly if, if it does at all. So the way that a person makes himself a conduit to having a get the hearts, a good heart, is by keeping the pipes clean. By be care, being careful what goes in to their heart, by learning Torah, by by uh, doing mitzvot, these are that's also the way that it clears things out, clears out the heart, it clears out those pipes to make sure things goes in. And when we make ourselves a conduit, we we're careful what goes in, and we try to put good things in there. So then we merit to getting to a situation where we have a leave tov. So that's going to finish for today's. Mishnah and podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. Have a great day.